Thank you so much for tuning in to Harvest Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're so blessed that you're taking time out of your day to listen to God's Word. And now, today's message with Pastor Ryan. Good morning, Harvest fam. Man, that was fun. You know, I'm, uh, we're used to doing things a little bit different, a little out of order this morning. But you know what? We just asked God to shake us up a little bit, so nothing wrong with that, right? I'd like to welcome you, especially if you're new with us here today. Thanks for joining us. It's just a privilege to be able to see you and see your kids or grandkids who performed for us today. Always a privilege to do that. So yeah, again, this morning, right after my sermon, I'm going to invite Sarah Gordon up. Sarah is the lead of our community outreach team, and so she's going to come up and give us more instructions on how you can be a part of our serve day today. Hope you can stay and join us for that. Uh, If not, we completely understand, but I hope you might be able to join us. All right, we are on a series called Meaning in the Music, and so I thought, you know, we have quite a few people joining us today for the first time, uh, that we would start with a little game today. So our game is Name That Christmas Song. All right, now feel free to just go ahead and shout it out when the name comes to mind. If you're watching online, type that in the comments, and uh, we'll see if you get it right. I'll go back and review those later. All right. So here is the first one. These are popular uh, Christmas songs. Not necessarily Christian, but Christmas. We'll get to that as well. Here we go. This is, let's see, I got to find my spot here. Here we go. Number one. Here's the first one. Was a jolly, happy soul with a corncob pipe and a button nose. All right, good. Frosty the snowman. Good job. I think I have slides for each of these two, Sam. I don't have that one. When, you're, when your son is behind the computer, watch out. Now he does a good job. All right, here's the next one. And I'm trying to say these where you wouldn't recognize them, but you'll get them. You will get a sentimental feeling when you hear the voices singing. Who said it? Rocking around the Christmas tree. Makes sense. Mr. Jop would get it. Come on. All right, here's one for you. Let's see if you actually know the real title. The, the lyrics are, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. What is it actually called? The Christmas Song. You guys are good. You're too good. Good job. All right, everyone should be able to get this. And if you ever saw it, you would say it glows. All right, very good. Okay, one more, one more. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Nope, not silver bells. Nope. Nope. You're really close, actually. It's just a different title. I'll give it to you. Here comes Santa Claus, who said it. Val said it. Chelsea said it. Good job. You guys are awesome. All right, now all of those songs are like, you know, the, the, if you want to call them secular, they're not necessarily about Jesus or, or the real reason, but they're fun uh, songs that a lot of us recognize at Christmas time, right? They, they at least get us into the Christmas mood, maybe. Uh, they talk about reindeer and snowmen and elves and whatever else. Um, but ultimately, there are great Christmas carols that teach us not only about Christmas, but teach us the real meaning behind Christmas. 
focused on Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. But there's also often a rich history behind these carols as well. So this morning, as I've already said, we're going to be going through Go Tell It on the Mountain. And Go Tell It on the Mountain is based on Luke 2, chapter 10, like a lot of them are. But in Luke 2, 10, should have a slide here that says, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I bring you good news of great joy. You know what, family? That is what God has done for us. That is what Christmas is all about, good news of great joy. When you receive the truth of Jesus, when you become alive to God by having faith in what he's done for us on the cross, let me tell you, your heart is filled with great joy. And if it's genuine, you want to go and share the good news with other people. And so that's exactly what happened with the people who first saw the angels and heard the message. So you could maybe figure this out, but go tell it on the mountain, just the style of it. It's actually an African-American spiritual that probably was developed in the times of slavery when they were obviously going through very difficult times. You know, slavery was the deal, was terrible, but they had these songs that they would sing to the Lord that would encourage their hearts and keep them, um, you know, going, keep them going in life. And, and one of these songs was Go Tell It on the Mountain. And so there was a man named uh, John Wesley Work Jr. He was the first guy to ever take all of these African-American spirituals and put pen to paper and bring them to life. And so he brought Go Tell It on the Mountain to life as a result of that. And so you can imagine, even as those people were going through oppression because of slavery, that they were encouraging their spirits by singing these lyrics. You know, even though my, even though my life is terrible, even though I'm going, going through all these difficult times, go tell it on the mountain. God has good for us in store. Jesus Christ is born. And so out of hardness, out of darkness, God brings light. Just like when uh, Jesus first came on the scene, you know, the times for the Israelites were also oppressive. They were under Roman oppression. They were under Roman rule. They were allowed to worship God and allowed to do certain things, but they didn't have freedom. And on comes the scene. God sends his son, Jesus, and the angels come and they're, they're talking about it and they're rejoicing. And so this time of year, Christmas season, it's a great time to be telling people, hey, you know what? Not only was Jesus Christ born, but Jesus Christ means something to me. I have a relationship with Jesus, and you know what? He has changed my life. And I, I want to tell my friends, I want to tell my family, I want to go tell it. Jesus is born, and he's made a difference in my life. And we get to do the same thing, just like the shepherds did 2,000 years ago. We get to go, especially this time of year, to family and friends and coworkers. And tell them, hey, not, not only is Jesus what we celebrate over Christmas, but he's not just some fable. He's not just some good story about, uh, you know, the virgin birth and the wise men coming. No, he's Lord. He's God. He's King. He's something real in my life. And, and he's changed me, and I want to tell you about it. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news the good news of peace and salvation 
the good news that the God of Israel reigns. You know, family, as we go out today after church and we bring boxes, we believe that we are those feet bringing good news. You know, it's, today it's, you know, a simple food box, a simple way to bless people. But you know what? As you go out and about in your life and in the world, if you don't bring the good news, who will? As a representative of Jesus in this world, as a follower of Christ, if you're not bringing good news, if you're not bringing joy, if you're not, you're not bringing life, if you're not bringing encouragement, if you're not bringing compassion to the world around you, who's going to do that? God calls each of us to go tell it on the mountain, to go and live our lives for Christ each and every day. And as we live for him in authentic, genuine ways, you know, we don't have to be fake people, right? We're allowed to have days where things aren't all rosy and merry. Amen? As followers of Jesus, we go through some stuff. But you know what? We should always have hope. And I think that marks the difference between those who are following Jesus and those who don't yet know him, who are, who are lost in this world. We have a real abiding eternal hope. And we can share that hope with the people around us. We can go. We can tell it. We can encourage people. You know, you don't have to be loud. You don't have to be flashy. Just share your heart. Just share what God's done for you. Share what God has done in you. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who's been given all authority? Jesus has been given all authority. When you go and share the message of Christ, are you alone? Absolutely not. You have the power of God with you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit of God living in you, moving through you, you know, you can go and just say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to say. This is probably going to come across really sounding not good. But Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to just start and start talking about my faith. And you're not alone. God is with you. Now, why wouldn't God be a better advertiser? Why wouldn't he, like, I mean, we have the internet. Why wouldn't God just be like, broadcasting across the skies all the time. Jesus is Lord, believe in him. Why does he want to use people? You know, I don't know exactly why, but I do know that's his method. When the angels came, you know who they proclaimed the good news to? Shepherds. Do you know that in that society, shepherds were actually considered unreliable? Like, they would not let them testify in court. <laughs> they were kind of they kind of considered them like outcasts, scoundrels. And yet the good news of the gospel, the very first proclamation that God has come from heaven to earth and let, and is here for us was given to the shepherds. You know what that tells me? There is hope for me. There is hope for you. There is hope for all of us. None of us is perfect. And yet God entrusts us with the most important message that the world has ever heard, that, that God loves them. And so we get to go and share the good news. And that's step number one, is just understanding and thanking God that the good news of Jesus Christ is for everyone. It's not for an elite few. 
God didn't send his message through the religious leaders who you would think, like, okay, they're the religious leaders. They should be the ones talking about Jesus. No, he didn't even invite them to the party. But he told the shepherds. And they went and they told. And so the good news of Christ is for everyone. And he uses you and he uses me each and every day as we interact with people, as we love people, as we encourage people, as we, as we try to walk according to God's ways, you know, that's a testimony to the world around you. And so we have the best news that the world has ever known or ever seen. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Most of you have heard that or know that verse. Verse 17, it says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. My goodness, isn't that good news for us, family? Isn't that good news for your coworkers and friends? God isn't slow in his coming, Second Peter says. We'll get there, I think. But God isn't slow in his coming. He's patient with us because of his kindness so that everyone can hear an opportunity of the good news. We ask, why hasn't Jesus come? Well, let me tell you, he's, he's not slow. He wants each, each and every one, each person, to come into a relationship with Christ. And so what can we do? Well, the greatest act of thankfulness for what God has done for you is to go ahead and tell other people about that. Tell other people about that. In Luke 2, listen to what the shepherds did. In verse 16, it says, They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. All right, it's interesting to me that they included this in the gospel story. They hurried and they found Mary and Joseph, and they saw the baby Jesus. All right, sometimes we, I, I don't remember that part. Like, I think of the wise men seeing the baby Jesus. Of course, you see all the animals, you know, in the, in the nativity scene. But I don't often think of the shepherds coming. But they came, they saw... Jesus. And then you know what they did? It said, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. For those who didn't have authority in court, they were sharing the good news about Jesus because they had seen him. And people were astonished about this news. Wow. God has come. The Messiah has come. But I don't know if you noticed, but it says the shepherds went and, and they investigated. They saw him. Now, maybe you're here today and you're like, or you're watching online, you're like, I, I don't know about Jesus. I'm not sure. I haven't really heard enough convincing proofs. I don't know that Jesus is who he says he is. Well, I want to encourage you, don't stay there. Go dig deeper. The shepherds, they, they saw angels. They saw supernatural things, right? It actually says the host of the armies of heaven appeared with the angel. They saw things, but you know what? They still went and investigated. I know too many people that aren't walking with Jesus because they say, I'm just not sure, but they don't dig deeper. I'm like, you guys, open up the Bible. Read the book of John. Like, if you're wanting more, read the book of John. Ask a Christian friend what they think about it. Go through it with them. Dig deeper into the proofs about Jesus. There's so much historical proof. 
There's so much proof about the Bible being real. We're not just following a made-up story. We're following historical fact that happens to be supernatural. And it's the greatest news on earth. So don't stay stuck. If you don't believe or you're not quite ready to believe, don't stay stuck. Keep digging. Keep searching. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened, Jesus said. And for those of you who have friends who are there, encourage them. Hey, have you reconsidered? Are you digging? You know, feed them a little bit. Let's read the book of John together. Let's, let's do a Bible study. Let's, let's get it deeper into this. And then it says in verse 17, After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Again, these guys weren't considered trustworthy. Well, I know most of you, and I consider you pretty trustworthy. So that means that you, you're a step up from where the shepherds are. And if they shared their faith and people believed, guess what? You can share your faith and people will believe. Amen? God is good. He has entrusted us with the most important message in the world. 2 Peter 3.9, I didn't quite quote it correctly. We'll skip ahead a couple slides. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. That's his promise to return. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. You know, people ask the question, how can a good God, how can a God who claims to be good send people to hell? It's a fairly legitimate question. And yet, what they forget to to realize is that it has so much to do with the nature of who God is. What is hell? Hell is a place where God is not. And, And God's nature is holy. He's perfect. There is none like him. He's set apart. He's separate from everyone else. And yet, he, and so when people choose not to accept the way to have relationship with him, then they are choosing to not be with him. And where he is not, that's hell. And of course, there will be a final um, living of that where the Bible talks about burning sulfur and terrible torture and let me tell you that is not a place we want any of our friends and family to wind up so how can a good god do that well the good god made a way so that we don't have to do that so that we don't have to be in that place or see our loved ones in that place and the way is jesus and you know He could have left us in the dark. He could have told just the elites, hey, this is the way. It's my son. He died. But he he chose everybody. He chose you if you have trusted Jesus by faith. And if you haven't, I want to invite you to trust Jesus. He is, the, the angels announced him as the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, Lord. And so we have a choice. Will we trust in God's only son who died on the cross even though he was perfect? Will we trust the path that God has given us? Will we trust the way?
and walk in eternal life. And I want to encourage you, like, this is, the, uh, this is a great opportunity. Christmas is a great opportunity to witness, to share with friends and family. Jesus is real to me. What do you think about him? And challenge them and encourage them. Because you know what? All, all throughout the land, all throughout where we live, our towns, there's people that are there and they know that something is missing even as they celebrate Christmas. The truth is they're missing the real joy of Christmas because they don't know the Savior. Pay attention to this line. They've got the stuff of Christmas, but they don't have the Savior of Christmas. They have all the frills. You know, we live in a fairly well-off land. There's usually presents underneath the trees. They understand good emotions around this time. They understand family connection, but they maybe don't understand the real reason. They've got the stuff, but they don't have the Savior. But you know what? If you're sitting in this room today, I believe a lot of us have entered by faith into that relationship with Jesus and you have the Savior. And you can go and enjoy the stuff with them and present the truth of who Jesus is. And so I just want to encourage us as we go out and we live our lives this Christmas season, let's just remember that not everyone knows. Not everyone is walking. Not everyone understands what it means to have a relationship with God, to be forgiven of their sins, and ultimately to have that relationship with their Father restored. So I just want to encourage you, be praying. Be praying for your family. Be praying for your coworkers. Be praying for your friends, that you might be able to have an open door to have relationship with them, so that eventually you might share your faith with them. And maybe this Christmas is the time for you to share with them. Maybe it's time to take that leap, take that stand. Say, God loves you, and you know, I love you. God means so much to me because he died for me. With that, I'd like to pray, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the serve day, and I'm going to invite... All right, let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this morning. God, I thank you so much for your people, Lord. God, I thank you for the truth from the kids celebrating to the truth of the scripture, to the Christmas carols that we hear all around us proclaiming the truth of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would empower us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, to speak truth to our friends and family. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just bless us with relationships, Lord, with those who don't know you. Father, so that we can be a light, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for anyone here today that would say, I'm not sure that I know Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you continue to draw them. Lord, that they would step into that relationship with you, Lord, because it's the best relationship, the most life-giving relationship, and it's the best way to have peace in this world. So we ask for that today. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you'd bless us as we go out today, God. I thank you, Lord, for each one that's uh, chosen already to go and be a part of the serve day. Bless them, encourage them. Father, also bless the kids for being brave this morning, God. Father, I pray that the truths that they sang about today would stick in their heart and stick in their life, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so there's three wins that I believe are going to happen as we go out for a serve day. The first win is a win for our community. You know, as people receive food boxes, they'll be blessed, they'll be encouraged. The second win is a win for our church family.
Uh, we've got these uh, cool little bracelets we made up for today. It, said, it says Harvest Serve Day. And on the back, it says Family on a Mission. You know what? We're going to go out and have some fun as a family serving people with these boxes. Third, it's a win for the kingdom of heaven. We believe that as we go out, we're going to be bringing Jesus with us in his presence where we go. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. God bless you. If you'd like to connect with Harvest Church in a deeper way, you can go to www.harvestfrazy.org or you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash harvestfrazy. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can give at harvestfrazy.org forward slash giving. God bless you. Thank you once again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day.